0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, December 27th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. (music) Greetings, everybody. I hope everybody out there had a wonderful holiday season, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or just the winter solstice. I hope it was a time filled with family and friends and good food. So this is the last Friday Gold Wrap podcast of 2019, which seems pretty crazy and amazing to me. But I thought I would do something a little different to wrap up the year. Now, normally I script these shows very carefully, uh, almost word for word. It's just easier when you're doing news with a lot of facts It's better to script it, have a good flow, and I think you can tell if you're really listening that I'm reading from uh, a script that I wrote. This one, completely different. This is going to be Friday Gold Wrap off the top of my head. Uh, I thought what I would do is go through the top five news items that drove the precious metal markets in 2019. Uh, And I'm going to actually rank them in what I consider order of importance. And if you guys want to, you can quibble with me in the uh, comment section of the YouTube. Um, But before I get into that, I do want to mention that this week has been really strong for gold. We're actually back over the $1,500 mark uh, as I record this, which is actually Thursday night. Uh, We were at like $1,511, I think, the last time I looked. A lot of things are kind of driving this, uh, according to the pundits. Uh, There is uh, some hedging going on in anticipation of the possibility of inflation, uh, which would make sense with the loose monetary policy. Uh, There's also some speculation that we will see increased demand for gold in 2020. So that's pushing prices and just overall optimism In the gold market and you know with good reason 2019 has certainly been a good year if things stay on track uh, we're on pace for better than a 17% gain in the price of gold for the past year so uh, pretty good news so what are the five big stories well I think number one and I don't know that anybody can quibble with this is Federal Reserve monetary policy uh, it's really interesting to look at it in retrospect. Think about where we were at this time last year. Everybody was anticipating uh, up to three more rate increases in 2019. Balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. Uh, everybody was anticipating tight monetary policy from the Fed. We got the exact opposite. First, we got the Powell pause. Then we got three rate Cuts. We have quantitative easing in play again. We have repo operations where the Fed is injecting liquidity into the markets overnight. So all kinds of loose monetary policy is going on. It's almost as if we are in the midst of a major economic crisis, but supposedly the uh, economy is great, right? So we got the exact opposite of what was expected. And if you recall, what precipitated all of this was the stock market started to tank in the fall of 2018. And by 2019, uh, by December, it was looking really, really bleak. And uh, Peter Schiff at that point said that 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 December rate hike, December 2018, he said that that would be the last rate hike of the cycle and the Fed would start cutting again. And that is exactly what Happen Now, of course, loose monetary policy, that is good for gold. Um, Basically, it's inflation. Money printing is inflation by definition. And I don't see any reason for this to change in 2020. Now, the Fed is telling us that it's going to hold pat. Uh, Basically, it's going to take a lot to move the Fed to go either direction. Um, I don't know that we can trust what the Fed says given what they were saying uh, given what they were saying this time last year, but they have emphatically said that it would take a major increase in inflation for uh, the central bank to begin uh, hiking rates to battle inflation. So basically they've admitted that they're going to let the inflation genie out of the bottle. Uh, so I'm anticipating, more loose monetary policy. I think they will probably stay pat for a few months. If anything happens where the market starts to tank, uh, I think you'll see they'll go right back to rate cuts. Like I said, we're already in the midst of QE. The balance sheet is increasing. This is the biggest driver of gold and silver, but the economy as well. The Federal Reserve is trying desperately to keep the air into the economic bubble and it's only a matter of question uh, it's only a question of time before the bubble pops. So, watch Fed policy. I think that is number 1. That is where your eyes should be all the time. I think that's the biggest driver in the economy bar none. Number two story, and this is the one I tried to avoid for most of the year, and that's the trade war. Uh, Of course, the trade war pushed the stock market up and down and moved gold up and down with it all year. Uh, Every time Trump would tweet something about the trade war that was positive, stocks would go up, gold would fall. When uh, there was bad news about the trade war, stocks would drop, gold would go up. We saw this cycle go over and over again all year to the point of being silly. Then just a few weeks ago, we got news that we had the phase one trade deal. Uh, It's going to be signed. Of course, it hasn't been signed yet. And honestly, I don't think anybody really exactly knows what it is. Uh, It's clearly not the whole trade deal. So we're going to have more trade war going into uh, 2020 my whole thing with the trade wars believe what is going to happen when you see it actually happen when you see Signatures on dotted lines. Then you can evaluate what is going on with the trade war. I think right now, I, I think this Phase One deal did very little other than maybe get us back to the status quo, which I, I you know, I guess that's better than nothing. But uh, I mean, it seems like an awful lot of effort for uh, you know, to go back to square one. But I think we're going to see more of this trade war. I think we'll see more volatility in the markets. Uh, Thanks to Trump tweets, uh, it's certainly something to watch. I don't think it is a big as big a deal in substance as everybody makes it out to be. Uh, I kind of agree with Peter that once everything is said and done, it's probably going to be basically status quo. Uh, the administration will claim a great big victory, and, uh, and nothing substantive will have happened. But it will move, particularly in the short term, markets up and down. So, uh, and that's what we saw during this year. Number three story, debt, Uh, and that's all kinds of debt, personal debt, corporate debt, and government debt. Let's talk business debt first because I think that's the biggest problem, uh, the biggest risk in the economy. In absolute terms, and here's where I'm, I'm reading from some notes, in absolute terms, business debt has skyrocketed to a record $16 trillion. Uh, it's increased by 5.1% year-on-year, year, and that's a lot faster than economic growth. Consider GDP, uh, the last GDP number we got was 2.1%. Uh, so as a result, debt levels have reached historic highs in terms of percentage of GDP. Uh, according to the Fed report on debt, It has grown. Uh, its growth has outpaced economic output through most of the current expansion. So in other words, the economy is a debt-fueled bubble. We knew this. And it's funny because if you read this uh, most recent Fed report on corporate debt, uh, it's kind of sounding the warning. You know, it's waving the uh, warning flag. Uh, It's telling us that this is a problem. And that's ironic because the Fed created this problem. The loose monetary policy that we've already discussed is basically, corporate debt's on purpose. I mean, that's what they wanted to do. They want to encourage borrowing to expand the economy. Well, we've got lots of debt, and that is dangerous. Uh, and, And not only that, when you talk about corporate debt, there's a lot of very risky debt. There's a lot of leveraged loans out there, and it won't Take much for this whole thing to begin to unwind. And I think that is really where we could see the beginning of the next crisis when that uh, corporate debt bubble begins to pop. Of course, we also have a boatload of uh, consumer debt. Consumer debt outstanding now stands at a record $4.165 trillion in absolute terms. Uh, Americans owe $1.9 trillion on credit cards. Outstanding student loan debt hit a new record this year of $1.64 trillion. Uh, Amazingly, think about this. Over the last decade, student loan debt has grown by 120%. And student loan balances now equal 7.6% of GDP. That's up from 5.1% in 2009. So just staggering numbers when it comes to consumer debt. Now, this isn't quite as consuming in the big picture, because it's roughly grown with the economy. So, you know, economists will say, well, it's not really that big a deal. It's a big absolute number, but in terms of the overall economy, it's not that big of a problem. I still contend that it is a big problem when basically your economic growth is being driven by borrowing. I mean, you can only borrow for so long, and I've said this on other episodes of the show, you know, credit cards have this inconvenient thing called a limit. And when you hit that limit, you can't borrow anymore. So I think it should be a big concern to people when you see consumer debt basically driving economic growth in a consumer-based economy. At some point, that has to come to an end. We've seen some fluctuations of late where uh, c- credit card debt has not grown as much as expected, and you know that's a big concern when you start seeing consumers not spending money. At that point, uh, we're looming or staring into the eyes of a looming recession. And then, of course, we have government debt. We've Eclipse 23 trillion dollars in the national debt. Uh, We've already in the first two months of fiscal 2020, uh, the deficits are already bigger than they were last year, and they were huge last year. We are on pace for a one trillion dollar deficit in 2020. This is a staggering. Number When you consider that we're supposedly in an economic expansion, this is the kind of deficit spending, the kind of fiscal stimulus that you find during a recession or a depression, not during economic good times. So government spending out of control, government debt growing at a staggering amount. Overall, we have a huge debt bubble. In the United States, that has been blown up by the easy money policies of the Federal Reserve. There's no way that the Fed can raise interest rates, even if inflation does start to go out of control without popping the debt bubble. So uh, something really, I think, important to look at as we move into 2020. Number four, central bank gold buying. Uh, We've talked about this quite a few times on the show. Central banks have continued to buy large amounts of gold uh, through October of this year. Central bank gold purchases uh, were at 562 tons. That's based on uh, information compiled by the IMF. The, uh, that puts the sector on pace to roughly match last year's total of just over 650 tons. Now, that's significant because, as the World Gold Council noted, that 2018 number marked the highest level of annual net central bank gold purchases since the suspension of dollar convertibility into gold into 1971, and it was the second highest level of central bank gold buying on record. Now, of course, a lot of the countries that are buying gold are countries that are trying to distance themselves from the dollar, Russia, China, uh, Turkey. These are countries that would like to see dollar or de dollarization. And of course, we've talked about uh, even some European countries, central banks are beginning to buy gold. And we've also talked about the fact that the uh, European Union was looking at ways to circumvent the SWIFT payment system, which is dollar denominated, in order to avoid the way the United States uses the dollar as a weapon in foreign policy. And I think this is a big reason that you're seeing central banks buy gold. They want to move away from the dollar. They want something that they can back their currencies with and uh, you know peter's talked about this on a number of occasions that we could be getting close to the end of dollar dominance as dollar the dollar being the reserve currency and uh boy howdy you're definitely gonna want to go want to want to own gold when that happens. And I think that's a big thing that's pushing the central bank gold buying. And then the final story of 2019, the silver gold ratio, which has continued to be extremely high uh, in historical terms. Right now, it's just over 84 to one. That means it takes 84 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold. But it actually approached 93 to one Earlier this year, that was uh, getting close to record levels. And consider this, the modern average for the silver-gold ratio over the last century is around 40 to 1. So basically, the silver-gold ratio is way out of whack. It means silver is very undervalued compared to gold. You would expect that at some point to close. That means basically silver is on sale. Uh, Probably a really good time to buy silver. Uh, and maybe even convert some of your gold into silver. That's something that you would want to talk to uh, with a shift gold precious metal specialist. You can do that at one eight 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 888 gold 160 Those folks can really help you out. And they can help you make sense out of all of these stories. And, and as we move into 2020, how can you position yourself to best protect your wealth when all of these bubbles start to pop, because that, I think, really is the central theme of 2019. Uh, it's the year of the bubble continued. And you just have to wonder, how long can the bubble stay inflated? How long can the government policymakers and the central bankers keep the air flowing into these bubbles? When they start to deflate, I think it's going to go fast. It's going to be ugly. Uh, Peter Schiff has said that the next crash is going to be worse than 2008. I have no reason to doubt that's a fact. So uh, I recommend talk to the folks over at... uh, SHIFT Gold, talk to those precious metal specialists. They can give you even more uh, details on how this can affect your money, your portfolio, your wealth. So that is a Friday Gold Wrap for today and for 2019. Uh, you can get more details on all of the stories we've talked about and more. Keep up with the latest precious metals news as we move into 2020 throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Uh, Thinking about making some changes in the coming year, maybe doing live uh, Friday Gold Wrap on video. So um, you might get more of the stream of consciousness kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, Something I'm thinking about, though. So uh, have a happy, happy new year, and I hope 2020 is good for you. And uh, that's it. Thanks a lot.